welcome to Ask Deb About Business. I am Rom Gaioso, co-host. We are broadcasting via Futures Television, the home of the future on television. If you're listening to the show via podcast or watching us on TV, you too can be part of the conversation. Just visit our YouTube channel, and that is IMCI Magazine, where we continue to chat about the topic of the day. You can also access this information on our website, and that is www.futurestelevision.com. So don't be shy. Today, our topic is be a more confident speaker. If you ask most people, they will probably say they don't like public speech. They may even admit to being afraid of it, since fear of public speaking is a very common fear. Or they may just be shy or introverted. For those reasons, many people avoid speaking in public if they can. If you are one of those people who avoid speaking in public, you're missing out. Over the years, public speaking and communication has played a major role in education, in government, and in business. Words have the power to inform, persuade, educate, and yes, even entertain. And the spoken word can be even more powerful than the written word in the hands of the right speaker. Everyone can benefit from improving their public speaking skills. And the truth is that speaking public is a skill. And you can learn any skill. While some people may have more natural speaking ability than others, anyone can learn to be a better public speaker. It just takes some know-how and, of course, some effort. There's a lot of doing this well, but worry no more. Now you have someone to talk to. But first, let me say a few words about the show. Broadcasting live from Butterfield Studio in Chicagoland to the world, I'd like to welcome you to Ask Deb About Business. The talk show is broadcast every other Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time, where I join Deb Dietz to discuss a variety of business topics. No matter what your venture is, you will certainly have questions. So worry no more. Now you have someone to talk to. So before I get started, let me say a few words about Deb Dietz. All righty. So Deb has a long and distinguished career as a coach, mentor, and to her awesome training programs at SMB Digital Education, she has enabled many entrepreneurs to follow their dreams. That's exactly what I like about her. It's her ability to deliver practical advice to help you solve real problems. Have a business question? Well, let's ask Deb. Without further ado, let's welcome Deb Dietz to the show. Hi, Deb. How are you doing today? Hi, Ron. Great to, great to see you. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, we're very excited to be discussing how you can become a more confident speaker. We'll also share why being a confident speaker is so important, how you can improve your skills, the mistakes that people make and how to overcome those mistakes, what you could do if you're nervous or anxious, and we'll share some tips that, that will help you get better. 
because you will get better with practice. And today we have a special guest who can help. Wonderful, Deb. So let's say a few words about our guest. Our guest today is Meredith Grandi. And Meredith is an award-winning theater director, producer, and former second sitting prof teacher. She got started as a coach after recognizing the similarities between performing on stage every night and presenting to clients or colleagues every day. But the latter didn't have the right tools to bring their stories to life. So she decided to do something about it. 11 years and some change later, Grandi Coaching has helped thousands of individuals and organizations around the world achieve career growth and success. And today, she's here with Deb and me to share her knowledge with the world. So without further ado, let's welcome Meredith to the show. How are you doing today? I am well. How are you both doing today? <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. I'm very excited. Happy yeah. to have you with us. Thank you. And sharing Thank your wisdom. Yeah. How you. wonderful. It's, uh, we've been looking forward to speak with you. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with Deb and me and the audience. Oh, you're so welcome. So uh, let's get started. Uh, you know what? Let me ask Deb. So Deb, you know, why is it important to be a strong presenter and speaker? You know, great, great question, Ron. Number one, I think being a, an effective speaker and communicator is a great way for you to build uh, your reputation and your build your credibility. Um, you are your own personal brand. So you, as a brand, uh, you have to make, ensure your relevancy, to make sure that you're authentic and that you are differentiating yourselves from others. It's also a way of boosting your self-confidence and it opens up doors for you and opportunities. And conversely, if you are not an effective speaker, you may lose opportunities as a result of that. So uh, today we're very happy to have Meredith with us. Um, you know, Meredith, I'm so excited to have you here because this is such an important topic. People need to understand how to, how to build their skills and, uh, and be a more become a more effective speaker. And so this is a critical time for us all to learn and benefit from your experience. Thank you. Well, so I, Meredith, why, yeah. share, share, share some ideas with us as to why this is so important. Why is it important for people to be effective communicators and speakers? Well, I feel you, you've addressed that, uh, Deb, a little bit just in your introduction there, which was fantastic, which is we are being called, and especially since the great resignation, I'm just going to be more present with it now, is that there's a lot of people who are independent business owners uh, who need to develop their brand. They need to start getting their voice out there, whether that be live events like this, whether that be on podcasts and audio rooms, uh, on YouTube, TikTok, what have you. It's not just about being on stage. It's about also using your voice in all of these different platforms so that you can really highlight your brand, uh, what you value, and, and being in alignment with your messaging and that brand. Uh, and th the way I like to frame it is that you're bringing in all of your parts to your personal brand, all the things that make you beautifully, remarkably you. I love that. That's your authentic self, right? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. 
Yes. Okay. Well, I have a different question. So that, you know, you said it's important, but how can you become a more confident speaker? Thank you for that question. Well, you got yeah, that is a that that is a great question. And you know, for for me, what I what I how I I look at this is understanding who my audience is. You know, who I'm speaking to. Uh, so that's critically important. It's also making sure that I'm grounded in the in the the, the content and making sure that that I. Am, I am presenting myself and my experience in a way that can really add value to my listener. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another thing too is uh, just talking and being yourself, your authentic self without any, any aids. Like today we're having a conversation. We're not using slides. And I know Meredith, we're gonna share one of your TikTok videos here shortly about or a slides. And uh, you know, keeping an, an eye on your tone, how you're engaging, uh, another, I think a great tip is an effective use of pausing, that mm. it's okay to have silent moments, to, you know, to collect your thoughts, and that it's not a constant, you know, barrage of, of, of words, but be mindful of, of how you're communicating, the, the message that you're trying to portray, and doing it in a way that allows your audience to absorb what you're telling them without doing it too quickly and using a pause effectively. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, for me, I, I would agree that it's knowing who your audience is, is key uh, so that you can, yes, provide the most value possible to that audience. I feel it's also about showing up. It's about practice. It's about doing the reps. It's about allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to be uncomfortable to be comfortably uncomfortable is what I like to tell people. Uh, it's a skill set for sure to be able to speak, share your message, share your truth with an audience. And the only way you're going to get good at doing that is by being accountable, whether that means you hire a coach or that you have people in your life that are going to hold you accountable. But there's not going to be room for growth unless you're putting in the reps like you do with anything else. You know, I love that. You know, I love that. You know, use the tools that are available. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and just practice, you know, get get put the time in. And uh, and it can be uh, anxiety provoking, but you just have to go there and, and do it. And that, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And uh, like you said, engage with a coach that can help you uh, improve your skills. 100%. So so tell me a little bit about uh, about your personal presence. So, you know, this, I know you work with people, you know, with clients all over the world. How do you help them present themselves and do it effectively? Yeah, thank you. I feel like there's a lot of components that go into that. One is, I would say, start with the self-talk. Look at how you're talking to yourself. If it's negative self-talk, if it's constantly, I can't do this, or I'm not a good speaker, or I don't have a good story to tell, that's where I feel most people need to start, to start developing their presence. And so an exercise I would encourage people to do is notice when that negative self-talk comes up, and then write it down, and then transform that into a more positive self-talk. I mean, what is it that you really want what is that goal that you're setting for yourself as a speaker? And then how are you going to get it and change the language and reframe that for yourself? So that's a first step. But then the second step, I would say, is to find a way 
to notice your own breath. I say to people often, notice what you notice, which is an Allen Ginsberg quote that I use often. And for me, it's about really noticing what you're feeling in your body when you're in these stressful situations when it comes to public speaking. Are you holding your breath? Is your heart rate going up? Are you starting to feel sweaty? What are the things that are happening to you on a physiological level? And notice those things, because oftentimes we go for this external validation of us doing, okay, we've got to start inward, then start to move outward, right? And then we look at our posture and our physicality. Are your shoulders caved in? Are you protecting your heart, which is our place of vulnerability? Or are you shoulders back, head high, posture great? How are you stepping into the world? I actually started to do a TikTok earlier, and I did a LinkedIn post about how practice we get all of these moments in time to practice this on our daily in our daily routines if you're walking into the grocery store walk into the grocery store with confidence see what happens if you're going for a walk in the morning walk down that street with confidence see what happens imagine that you are the center of everything and just notice what you feel in your body how does that shift things for you on a physiological level um take don't be afraid to take up space right? I often say to clients too, when we're working with the stage, you don't need to look at your feet when you're walking up the stairs to get on stage. Take the space. You know where you're going. You know what you're doing. It's all about relaying and conveying that confidence uh, and practicing it in your day-to-day to get there. I love that. And back to my 10,000 hours to become an expert in anything. Just, you know, be mindful and be self-aware. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know what? I, I really loved one of your TikToks about the tips you gave, you know, how to be a great presenter. I would like to show that video one more time and I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Can we do that? Yeah. Let's watch that video then. Here are five characteristics that I feel make up a great presenter. One, you're knowledgeable, you're well-prepared, you know more than your audience about that particular subject, and you are well-practiced. Two, it's about confidence. You're not just reciting lines, Mm -mm. you have stage presence. Three, you're self-aware. Four, you're passionate, you speak with conviction. And five, you're memorable. You're not afraid to stand out from the crowd. You're not doing your presentation the same way that the last guy just did it. I'm Meredith. I'm a public speaking and presentation skills coach. And if you want to get better at any of those five characteristics, reach out to me. Let's have a chat. I'd love to connect. Link in bio. I just love that one. It was absolutely fantastic to hear uh, the way that you explained so clearly the five. So I'll let you guys comment. What, what did you think, Deb? You know what? I, I love that as well. You know, having a really un- good understanding and an, of your content, of your material. And I think the more comfortable you are with that, that will uh, be portrayed externally. So to me, it's just being, in, being comfortable in your, in, with yourself in your own space. Uh, and, and, and that exudes confidence and, uh, you know, just in being real, right? So you're, you're, you're putting forth uh, something that's honest, that's, uh, that is who you are, and putting yourself out into the world, which I love, not being, not, not being fearful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you have to take a, a, a risk um, and, and, and it is gonna feel uncomfortable, no doubt, but you have to keep doing it again and again. You gotta show up with and, and with intention, right? And how are you gonna serve your audience? And I will also say to a lot of people that I think most, one of the biggest problems is that we have a fear of failure, right? Or we care too much about what other people think of us. And we can't do that as speakers. We will never get a word out edgewise if we just continue to, we don't want to silence ourselves. People are going to not like us, period. They're not, you cannot cater to everybody. Not everybody's going to like you. That's not the point. The point is that you are there to serve. You are there to add value. And there are people that your message is going to resonate with. And those are your people. Those are your clients. Um, so I, I feel like it's okay to fail, first of all because that's when we learn. We all know that. We hear it over and over and over again, but we tend to, we tend to, ooh, that's a risk assessment. You know, that's a liability. So I'm just going to stay on the couch, right? So I, I would say uh, for people, it's it's just get out there, just do it. And don't, you, you can't care what people think. Yeah, no, that, no that's, that's absolutely wonderful. So you talked a little bit about messaging. So uh, Meredith, I wanted to ask you a different kind of question. So yeah. Uh, messaging storytelling, right? So why is storytelling so important? And what are some of the tips you teach your clients about how to do it right? Yes, story is very important. And why it's important is because it's that emotional connection. So I feel that a great story has three things. It's got empathy, it's got authenticity, and it's got logic. And those three things, and there's, uh, and I love this because there's a, a woman, Frances Fry, who's a leadership coach, and she talks about those three, authenticity, uh, empathy, and logic, in order to build trust. And I think it's the same thing with a presentation. If you want to build the trust of your audience, you have to have those three components. And the story is what is building that empathy. The story is what is... Uh, allowing your audience to connect with you on an emotional level and for you to connect with your content on an emotional level. And I don't care how data-driven it is. And I've worked with a lot of um, people in tech and in uh, the ph pharma and biotech industries. Yes, that's a lot of data, but you still have to connect the emotional to it. You have to tell us why we care, right? And that's how we start to care about the content. So that story, I can't uh, impress enough upon people how important it is. If you have a hard time finding story, I always say, go back onto your timeline. Start from when you were a small child and just go throughout the years and see what stories arise as you go through that timeline. And don't worry so much. I feel like what we do is we criticize ourselves first. We edit ourselves before we get to the end. Just keep writing it down. Brainstorm. See what comes up. The other thing is look at your own personal core values. What stories that you can remember from your past are in alignment with your values and how do those values represent uh, your messaging? How do, are those reflected back in the presentations that you give? We have so many stories to tell. All of us do. And then the more you know we're courageous. Yeah, go ahead, Deb. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, I love that. You know, and you know, we talked a lot about, it, about anxiety and fear mm -hmm. and people who are speaking, who are relatively new to speaking. And so the use of storytelling is something that allows you to get grounded. You know, and I, what I'm finding even personally is using storytelling at the beginning of my remarks. Yeah. Because what that does is brings me, uh, it, it, it provides a foundation for me. It's something that I'm very knowledgeable and comfortable with. So it's a great way to start a conversation or a talk. 
because I am, I'm starting off with something that I'm very knowledgeable about, very comfortable with. And so that just allows me to put that out there. Plus, what I find is by doing that, the people who are listening to me are, are, are seeing my authentic self, that I'm you know, showing my vulnerability. And, uh, and I think that's compelling. And that's a great way to engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I actually wanted to uh, put you, Deb, on the spot a little bit. Uh, so let's talk about not being comfortable. Let's talk a little bit about anxiety. So you are the host of a talk show, which is broadcast to a worldwide television audience. So you're speaking <laughs> in front of millions of people. So I want to hear from you. What are some of the challenges you found and how do you overcome them, really? You know, so what's your strategy? Break? What's my strategy? You know, so interesting. I, I don't really think about uh, the fact that I'm on television. You know, I'm here to uh, engage with in conversation with very smart people, including our guests. And so I'm not uh, really thinking about myself here. I'm and I'm looking at a camera. So it's really no different, quite frankly, than looking at a Zoom camera. And many of us have gotten very comfortable over the last couple of years working uh, with Zoom and working from our home offices on camera. And so knowing that, I think there's comfort that comes from that. You know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the red light and uh, in my home office, I'm looking at the, the camera on top of my monitor. And so it's just, and so it's become more familiar. And so over the course of the last couple of years, I think people have gotten more comfortable doing that. Um, I'm also paying attention to pace and tone. And this is something that I've learned. Uh, and Ram, you can, you probably laugh when I say this, but uh, knowing when to stop talking and use that pause effectively, that it's not that rapid fire uh, communicating out. It's about pacing myself and being thoughtful of my audience and their ability to understand what I'm saying, but uh, know when to stop talking and, uh, and maintain positive energy. I think being positive, and it, to, to Meredith's point, don't use a negative self-talk. Think positively, you know, own the room. And if you're able to do that, then I think you're in, you're in good shape. Wow. So uh, you talk a little bit about some of the mistakes. So I want to hear from Meredith. What is the number one mistake people do when they go and speak in public? One of the number, well, when they're underprepared, <laughs> if you want to be a confident speaker, you have to be practiced, well practiced. You've got to put, and I can't stress that enough, and I sound like a broken record, but it's true. Uh, if there's ways, so there's many different ways that we can practice, but I oftentimes will find that people don't know how to practice. And so that I would say, and I'll just give one tip right now, which is don't practice to yourself sitting there in front of your computer. A lot of people do that. They look at the script and maybe they'll mumble to themselves um, or they'll they'll not really be very clear about their outline or they, they overcomplicate things. Stand up, get on your feet, Say it out loud, repeat it over and over again. If you're giving a slide presentation because you need to have slides for your presentation, all the, those slides, repeat them 10 times each slide out loud. How would you deliver it out loud? Pretend your audience is there. Uh, the practice I feel is key. And the biggest number one thing I feel people do not do enough of is practice. 
You know, I, I love that. You know, at Bromwood, we prepare for our shows. You know, we have a script. This is a television show, so it is scripted. But, you know, I'm not reading a script, right? So we are, we write the script so we have a general understanding of what we want to talk about, mm -hmm. and then we talk about it. Yeah. So that's, you know, that, that really speaks to practicing and, and reviewing the script and then putting it away and mm -hmm. stepping out. And yeah. Oh, and I want to add the word trust to that is once you've put that script away and you step out, you just got to trust. Exactly. Oh, Cause you know, your material, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. You wrote the script, you know, you know what the topics are. And, uh, so, but you're, you're reviewing and then you put it aside. And that's yeah. what I loved about the one, the, the video that I think we're going to watch here shortly about sometimes you don't want to use slides. And maybe that's, yeah. it, it can be helpful, certainly, depending upon the topic that you're discussing. But sometimes it's better just to put it aside and talk from your heart and be your authentic self. Yeah, so one of the things that I, I really like about Nomeredit's videos, and she gives very precise guidance. And in situations, so we have the benefit of you know, writing a script for a show, but often people don't. Hey, you have to give a presentation now within five minutes or within 10 minutes, within, you know, half an hour. So how do you go about that? And, and Meredith says some words about that. Can I share one of Meredith's video? And I want to hear your thoughts after we hear that. Absolutely. Okay. So let's watch Meredith talking about some last minute requests. So you just found out that you have to give a presentation like now. What do you do? Well, I'm going to help you out. First of all, do not start with your slides. Put them away. You want to ask yourself first is, what is my objective? What is the end in mind? What do I want my audience to leave remembering? Figure that out, and then you're going to come up with three steps to get your audience there. Once you get those three things, then you need to build your introduction. What's your story? How are you going to hook them? How does it tie into your end in mind? For example, I was just working with a client of mine who's a developer, and his main objective was he wanted the end user to have a great experience so that his team wouldn't have to do more work. So we came up with a fun analogy about going to a coffee shop, and maybe you use the app to order your coffee, and then you get there, and then it's not there, and then the baristas have to talk to each other. You get the point. Follow for more. Throw your slides out. <laughs> And, and I love keep the end in mind. Mm -hmm. So what is your objective? And then back into that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is reverse engineering how we think. <coughs> Excuse me. As we start with the end in mind, we move backwards. We have our three points. Then we find what our story is going to be, what our hook is going to be. And then if you have to use slides, if HR is like, these were approved and you've got to use them, then you see which ones are necessary and are supporting each one of those key points that you came up with. And then you find what is the one need to know from the slide. People can't read all of that information. And that's the first thing they're doing when you put it up on the screen is they're reading and you're talking, they can't retain the information. You've got to direct them to where you want them to look and how it's tying into your, your message. And so many people get, so they get dependent on their slides and then what's sad is that the audience misses out. They're not educated. They're not inspired. Sometimes they're left more confused. And then oftentimes what happens is you have to double back and go explain it again. So it's not doing anyone a service. 
The other thing I would say that I didn't say in that video, which I feel is important, is spend time on that introduction. Spend time on the introduction. If you're not quite sure what the rest of the, the uh, presentation is, at least the introduction is going to help you ground in a little bit. It's going to help you feel more confident. And you're going to be able to go through the rest of that presentation feeling that confidence because you nailed that introduction. You know, I love that. And, you know, that's why back to the comment about storytelling. Mm -hmm. And in putting that out there first, I think that is a great way to be confident, to, to get your confidence at the beginning of your talk. And so I, I just wanted to put that out there that I know that has worked for me personally. And, I, and Ram and I did a show a couple of weeks ago, and I started off with a story that was on point to this, the topic of our show, but it was something that I knew very well. So it's a great way to put to start with that. Yeah, it is. It, it, well, it's, so what people are thinking when, you, when you're giving a presentation, and especially if they don't know you, if it's not internal, it's who are you, why do I care, and how are you going to solve my problem? And most people start with who they are, and I would say let's reverse that a little bit too and start with how are you going to solve their problem, then tell them who you are just for the credibility piece, right, and then continue on with your presentation. Um, start with that story. Start with that hook. Don't start with hi, my name is, um, because most people, and I don't mean this to sound mean, but they don't care. <laughs> they, they don't care. They, uh, they, you are, they will care because they're like, okay, great. She's going to solve my problem. Um, tell me a little bit. Then you tell them a little bit about your credibility. You don't want to give them your whole CV, just mm -hmm. a couple of like highlights, and then go back into your presentation and how you're going to add value. Yeah. So I wanted to... Go ahead. Yeah, so I wanted to remain a little bit on, on this specific point. So, you know, the advice is great, but a lot of people are very nervous. You know, they're like mm -hmm. like eating their nails and, and I don't have my slides and I have to put all that stuff in the presentation. So I want to ask you both this question. So what are some of the strategies or what kind of coaching can you give to someone? You know, you don't I don't have my slides. I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm eating my nails. I'm I'm so anxious. So what are some of the advice or what some specific guidance would you offer to someone who, who does not want to speak in public because they are so anxious or so nervous that they can help themselves? What should they do? You know, I, I think we talked all about knowing your topic, being organized, you know, practicing, certainly critically important, and visualize your success. You know, mm -hmm. back to Meredith's point about not having negative talk, you know, it's, it's visualize your positive experience. And one thing that I, that I do that seems to work well is deep breathing exercises. You know, before I come on the show, I go through a little exercise of taking a, a few deep breaths and uh, that kind of grounds me. And then I walk out and then I typically share a story. So that starts me out very well. What are your thoughts, Meredith? Oh, I love that. Yes, I, I feel a breathing practice is incredibly important. Uh, I you, There's several of them. I like the, the box breathing is a popular one. If people want to Google that. Uh, the inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth, uh, grounding yourself in, feeling that floor beneath your feet. And also knowing that nerves is similar. It's feeling nervous. You can transform that from dread to like, I can't do this. I can't believe this is happening. I feel sick to my stomach to excitement. 
I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to get on stage. Uh, listen to music to pump yourself up if you need to. The, one of my rituals before I get on stage is I do push-ups and I count out loud. And it, what it does is my voice drops to my diaphragm and I, I feel energized and I, I, all the blood is pumping in my body and I get up on stage and then I allow myself to take a breath and connect with the audience before I start. It's not... we. I allow myself to arrive, which I feel is something I don't see often, is it's okay to arrive and take that space, make eye contact with your audience if you need to, breathe, feel the floor beneath your feet, and then begin. I love that, you know, arrive mm -hmm. and take the time to do that. So you're not rushing. Yes. Right? So yes. you're grounded. Mm-hmm. 100%. So what about anxiety? So some people are nervous, but some people are so anxious they can't help themselves. What are some of the thoughts you guys would offer in terms of how to control anxiety or people who are so anxious, mm -hmm. they, they, they are fearful. Oh my gosh, I'm going to talk in front of, you know, five and Deb talks in front of Indians, but they, they, they're just fearful and, and the anxiety builds and then they prepare, they did their homework, but the presentation doesn't go so well. So what kind of thoughts and guidance would you both offer in terms of how, how do you handle anxiety? Let's start with Meredith then. Several things are going through my head. First, I want to differentiate the difference between minor. I always say minor anxiety um, when people are feeling anxiety versus feeling nervous because anxiety can actually prevent us from actually doing the thing, getting up on stage, where nervousness is something that's happening just prior to the event itself, and then it subsides once the event is over. Anxiety tends to continue on past the event. Right. So I, I always say to people, it's about incorporating something into your practice. So when people work with me, I teach them uh, exercises, breathing exercises, vocal exercises, physical exercises. I give them journal prompts about the negative self-talk. Uh, and I do these things and I, I ask them, I say, you need to build a 15 minute practice into your daily routine because it's about integrating these skill sets. It's not about just a one off. I've got a presentation. I'm going to do some breathing exercises and then it's going to be gone. It's a constant practice for a lot of people. It's also, I feel, getting into group situations where there's no real world consequences. So that's why I've incorporated improvisation into my curriculum. So I have group coaching that my clients can participate in so that they're given these exercises, these activities. I use improv games, if you will, where everyone's voices are being included in the exercise itself. Um, that, that way they're starting to use their voice in a safe environment. They can fail. There's no real world consequences. And then we debrief that. We talk about what came up for you. How can you manage that? And then let's do it again. And let's see what transforms for you. I have a client that started with me a year ago. She could barely speak. She didn't want to continue and she kept showing up. And now she's been, she's doing podcasts all over the place. She just gave a talk. Like it's she is she has transformed. It's really um, I can't stress enough. Like finding that community where you can fail and fail in a safe and brave space. I love that. You know your support network, right? Yeah, and you your can, support. Another thing I, I love about improv is you can't plan everything. No. Right. So you have to know your material, which is why you work so hard 
to organize yourself and uh, get your thoughts in place, but you can't uh, control everything. So you have to be comfortable not having that script running in your head. And, uh, and that takes practice. And I love the work that you're doing with your clients. Um, th those are great stories, success stories of your clients who have overcome those barriers. And, and doing it in, in a setting where you're surrounded by you know, your colleagues or your team members uh, and, uh, and knowing that that's a safe space for you to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about that. So using improv for creating presentations that actually work. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, um, well, one, it's helping people with their adaptability and their communication confidence. And like Deb just said, you don't know what's going to happen often when you're giving a presentation. Sometimes your tech won't work, or maybe you can't get your slides up. That's tech. Uh, or maybe you leave out a whole chunk of your presentation or someone asks you a question that throws you off during the Q&A. It's using these principles to really help you adapt in those moments. One of the foundations of improv is yes and. Uh, it's a wonderful tool for not only development, right? The ideology and the brainstorming phases of, an, of a presentation, which means you get all the ideas out there. You just keep yes and in yourself, get all those ideas out there and don't edit first, right? That's one way we can use yes and. Another way we can use yes and is as a form of acknowledgement. It's not saying I'm saying yes to everything, but when you're in a Q&A, for example, I acknowledge, I hear what you're saying. I may not share the same point of view, but at least I'm giving you that 10% back that says, I hear you, I see you, and now I'm going to share my point of view with you. And therefore, I'm opening up more of this to be a conversation and it's not going to be combative and or I get to feel confident enough to say, I don't know, but I would like to have a conversation with you after this or I'd like to find out how I can find that answer for you later. I love that. You know, you're building rapport, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So and, and finding the ways to give and take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give and take. I love that. Yes. I love the yes and because uh, often, you know, in my corporate life, I sit through presentations. Yes, but. So they don't, <sighs> even, they don't even listen to what you're saying. They're waiting for your, your mouth to close so that they can say, but, you know, so they're they not really, you know, connecting. They're not empathizing. They're not showing that they're listening to you. They're not valuing you. They just, yes, but, you know, and I love your yes and. So, you know, Meredith, yes and. Yeah, yes. I love that. Yes, and I hear you. Yes, and but is not a thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Deb. I'm talking over you. No, you're just saying you know you're you're showing respect, and you're adding value to that, and building rapport and relationships. Yes. Yeah. I just loved it. It, it is fantastic. So uh, I wanted to uh, change the conversation a little bit. So uh, let's talk about in in the business context specifically. So mm -hmm. you know, both you, Deb and Meredith, have own your own businesses for several years. So Deb, you knew for you know eight years and Meredith for about 11 years, 11 years and change, I guess. So uh, how has being an entrepreneur prepared you for becoming an effective communicator and a public speaker? Wow, that, that's a great question. You know, being an entrepreneur and a business owner, you know, having effective communication and speaking skills is critical 
you know, you're out there in the world, you're trying to convey your value, you're trying to build relationships, you're trying to grow your business, get new clients as an example. So you have to be effective communicating your value and building that rapport that we talked about a minute ago. Um, you have to manage your people, right? So you've got teams of resources that are dependent on you. So you have to be able to provide guidance and direction and doing so effectively is critical to your success. Yeah, I, I would I would echo a lot of what Deb just said. And I would say, for me, I it's about, I'm always refining. I'm always trying to figure out how I can better serve or how I can, how I can really meet my clients with where they're at. Uh, I'm learning and also being open to learning from people, learning from my mistakes and learning from my successes and celebrating that. And then how it's, I'm constantly, I feel like I'm constantly in an adapt, I'm constantly adapting, if you will, to the conditions. And it has, really, um, I don't know, it's it's changed me because I feel I went from freelancer because I was doing a lot of of actor work and voiceover commercial stuff. Um, and it wasn't until the beginning of the pandemic when I was like, I'm going to get really serious about helping people be more confident speakers. I'm going to take the, these skill sets that I've had and really help people now. And so going from that freelancer mindset to this more entrepreneurial where I am building that business and having those conversations with people and how to manage multiple personalities and my clients. And I have a, an assistant now, like it's, it's a skill set. We have to know how to communicate and communicate clearly. And I'm just so grateful for those gifts that I've been learning. You know, I love that. You know, you're communicating with so many different kinds of people. You're dealing with, you know, certainly boards of directors or your advisors. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with your end user customers and everybody in between. So you have to be able to get, uh, you know, and build those relationships and uh, make sure that you're, you're developing effective partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make a couple of comments on that because I felt it's, it's so important and so so, so several many things of what you guys just said really struck a chord with me. So Meredith, you reminded me, you know, serve. We're here to serve. And that's something that Deb is always doing too with SMB. I mean, serving people, helping people. And Meredith, that's what you do with your coaching, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we forget that. And so we, they're not watching us because they feel, you know, we have some, some great insights. They are watching us because we're serving them. We're attending to their interests and we're trying to help them out. I, I just love the way you, so first you're yes and you now reminding us, yes, we are serving people. We are here to serve and, and help them, them better themselves. And you know, I, uh, I know. I love that. You know, there are so many there. Think about what happened over the course of the last couple of years. We've had new people uh, join the ranks of entrepreneurship you know, left their corporate positions or their nine to five jobs and, and created their own businesses. And so with that comes opportunities for them to learn and learn. And, and for those of us who are service providers, you know, allowing them to um, share in that to, and take what they can from, from those of us who are providing service and providing and sharing knowledge. And that's mm -hmm. what we're doing here today. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And now I wanted to kind of uh, bring the conversation to the present or the, the most recent present. So we are living in, in turbulent times, in difficult times. We just uh, went through the pandemic. And I want to ask you, you know, 
And so Meredith, so we've been coaching people for, you know, 11 or so years. So what are you seeing most recently regarding people's speaking abilities and confidence, really confidence building in those so difficult times that you have not seen before? So uh, are you working with clients that are experiencing more anxiety than ever or less? Probably more, not less, because of the pandemic, right? So, so how do you help these people in dealing with such uh, turbulent times? Hmm. I would say the number one thing is there's a fear. I feel that it comes from the co corporate culture. And I'm going to bring it back to story again. But there is a fear of sharing too much of who you are. And I feel that's why people struggle with the story part. Uh, so when you have a lot of people who've left their corporate jobs and are conditioned to think a certain way about what they're allowed to share or not share, because I feel often people have felt compartmentalized, uh, that they're not able to bring their other talents into the workplace because it's not in the job description or it doesn't look professional or whatever that the, is going on in the mind. Um, it's really helping people give them permission to tell their stories and tell them from a heart-centered place and from a place of authenticity and giving them permission to not just do that, but then to also show them it's okay. And actually, now that you've shared that story, you've given me permission to share mine because now we're building trust with each other. Um, I would say that's been the most challenging thing for my clients. You know, I love that. I'm someone who came from the corporate world. So when I transitioned eight years ago to owning my own business, I had some of those old tapes playing in my head. You know, and so I personally really tried to overcome that because you, as a, as a service provider, as a business owner, I had to put myself forward and, and provide my value and create my own stories. And so when I started thinking about storytelling, which was quite frankly, a relatively new concept for me two years ago, I reflected back on a very long corporate background, you know, it, a lot of experience uh, working for large corporations. So I had a, a lot, of, I do have a lot of stories, but I had to actually stop and think about what those stories were and how I could repurpose them mm -hmm. in my new world of, of being a business owner and being an entrepreneur. So I think that was very helpful to me. So I appreciate your comment, Meredith, about helping people make that transition, that they do have a lot of stories to tell and that they need to find a way to get them out and do it in a way that's comfortable for them. Yep. So I have a different kind of question for both of you, actually. Uh, so some people are kind of shy and, and underlying what you just said is really the point of value, bringing value to all the people we touch. But they never worked with a coach before or they don't know how to approach working with a coach. So could you explain to me and to the audience, what is the value of working for coaching? Let's say working with you specifically. Yes, thank you for that question. Well, what the value of working with a coach is you get the accountability piece, one. Uh, secondly, you get somebody who is going to direct you and your presentation. I see myself as I'm going to help you sculpt this story. I'm going to help you with your story structure. I'm going to make sure that you have a presentation that you're super proud of by the time we are done working with each other. Or if it's something that you need immediate help with, I'm going to make sure that we focus on the right things 
and that we're directing that to your audience in the right way. And that message is being heard and that call to action is being heard in the way you want it to be heard. Uh, I'm going to give you those exercises that you need for managing the minor anxiety and the nerves. I'm going to give you exercises also to help with your physical and your vocal confidence. So finding variation in your voice, also talking about how do we not exhaust our voices if we have to speak in front of people all day long on Zoom calls or in person. I work with a lot of facilitators. There are ways that we can take care of our voices. Uh, so preventative measures, if you will. Uh, so having a coach, I'm here to, to provide that space so you have a place to not only work on yourself, but also work on your presentation. And in that group coaching program, you also get the opportunity to work with other people. And I've set it up so you can practice. I feel oftentimes we don't give ourselves the space to practice in front of an audience. Yes, the mirror is good. Yes, setting up your kids stuffed animals on your bed and presenting to them is good, but it's not the same as doing it in front of live bodies. You learn something about your material when you do it in front of live bodies. Uh, and then getting that peer-to-peer -peer feedback is also really helpful for that process. That's your dress rehearsal before you go on to the big stage. You know, I love that. You know, it's interesting because in the work I do with online education, there's a lot of value in the actual knowledge that's transferred from an expert to a student, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of value in the community that's around you and that peer-to-peer -peer interaction. Yeah. And that you're being supported by other people and you're learning from other people. And so they're sharing their best practices, their experiences, in addition to learning from you, the coach or the service provider, the expert. And so I think that just enhances that learning experience. Yeah, I, I guess you guys are all correct in what you said, but for me, you know what it is? It's the hand holding. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I think, you know, Debbie do that so well at the SMB digital education stuff. But, you know, so when I was first starting on TikTok and uh, I, I'm green, I really don't know anything about it. But Deb sat down with me and said, relax, number one, number two, number three. And then it's just, uh, you know, some of us need or we really enjoy the the. the and holding process because we don't know, we are shy, we're anxious, we're nervous, we've never, never done that. And you guys have done that time and time again. So I, I think one of the real values of that is exactly someone who will hold my hand and, and kind of guide me through the process. So I, I know some, some clients are better than others, but is there some kind of an ideal client for you? Mm, I love it when people ask me this question. Um, my ideal client is somebody who is willing to do the work and show up. That is my ideal client. I, I work a lot with people in tech. I work a lot with people who are, yes, in the pharma and biotech industry. I work um, also in collaboration with a, a company out of Denver called Hillside Communications that specializes specifically in that. And then a lot of the people that come to me are from very diverse backgrounds. I work with a lot of other individual business owners and coaches. And the people that I want to work with are people that are going to show up and do the work and that are really committed to growing their businesses and using their voices and uh, their stories to do so. You know, I love that. You know, it's, it, uh, it's like you're an, everybody's an expert in something, 
mm -hmm. they're not expert. They don't have expertise in other things. So you need to connect and find the right resources for you who do have that expertise and fill that gap and build that competency. Mm -hmm. So the people like Meredith, you're doing a great service, helping people put their voice out into the world and helping them navigate that because that's not their expertise. They may be an expert in something completely different. So mm -hmm. they need to, ha to work with someone like yourself who can kind of lead them down that path so that they can build skills and get better and better and better. Back to my point about 10,000 hours yeah. it takes to become an expert. You know, when you're starting speaking or starting up on stage, you need to have some help and you need some handholding to Ram's point. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's having, you know, as Meredith said, technology is there. So a great extent we can, you know, record ourselves or talk to teddy bear or the giraffe, whatever you prefer. <laughs> uh, but then uh, we really need to talk of a coach or with someone who can, well, you know, you're not looking in the eye, you're not engaging you know, there's so many details in there. And, and the things that I don't know, I don't know. Those are the ones that kind of, uh, kind of, you know, I did not know that. Or, you know, or don't say uh, yes, but, you know, so yes, and. So yes, a bunch and. of things that you guys know, and I think that's the real value of a coach, is that you are true specialists. And you can help me in the things that I really don't know. And I think this is the real value of, of engaging with someone or seeking help. You want to better yourself? seek the folks who actually have done that a couple of times, right? Exactly. And Ram, I give you a lot of credit. You know, with the TikTok videos, you know, two months ago, you know, we you didn't know a lot about TikTok. Uh, not a lot of people did. Or we didn't think there was a real business application for TikTok videos, but you both have proved that that is not the case. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and, and so you've been out there and experimenting. And to Meredith's point, you've done the work. So you've, you've tested. You know, you've done you've done many now that are very, very impactful, getting a lot of views, a lot of attention to Futures Television. So I applaud you for that. You did the you did the work. And that's to Meredith's point. That's critically important. Just do it. Got to show oh, up. But Gotta I needed the, the hand holding and the push because said, no, I'm not going to do that. And then you said, yes, you will. I said, oh, I better pay attention to that. But like anything else, you did one and then you learned the process and then you did the next one. You got better at that. And now look at you. <laughs> yeah, it, you developed it. Now I it used to take it took me like 45 minutes to an hour to edit one of those videos. I was like, I don't know. This is worth my time. And now it's like takes 10 minutes. I'm like, I got this. But now they just changed the platform again. And I'm like, oh, my God, now I got to relearn this one. So relearn it. <laughs> learn, relearn. But you're building competencies. And that's no different yeah. than what we're, we're talking about here. You know, you need to you, you need to do the work. You need to make the investment and yeah. you need to get the help you need. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real important thing is people you know, no, folks, you may be shy. I'm shy, too. But hey, when you really want to, you know, better yourself or develop your skills, Look for someone who's been doing that for a couple of years and they can certainly help you. They know what they're doing. You know, ask for help. It's, it's really not that complicated. Hmm. So uh, I wanted to just repeat what I think I heard from both of you. So I, I like summarizing things. So I think there's a real value to the audience to just kind of recap what you just said. So let me see if I, if I, if I listen correctly to what you just said. So I wanted to uh, go over some of the uh, key points of um, what we heard today. So number one, really, confidence allows public speakers to speak with clarity. 
So when you're calm and focused, you can manage your thoughts better. Confidence also helps speakers speak slowly so that they're better understood. You can become more confident speaker by being yourself. Focus on authenticity of a perfection. Practice and know your audience. Number one mistake speakers make is neglecting to prepare. There are ways to reduce your anxiety when speaking in public is to know your topic, get organized, practice, and then practice some more. Visualize your success, do some deep breathing, focus on your material and not your audience. And use pauses effectively. Don't fear a moment of silence. Use improv, be authentic, where it makes sense. You don't want to look like a robot, be yourself. If you're prepared, you'll be less anxious and more in tune with yourself and with your audience. Put your slides away, understand your objective with the end in mind. What do you want your audience to remember after the presentation? Then build your introduction, story, and hook with that in mind. And finally, the five great characteristics of a great presenter are be knowledgeable and well-prepared, be mindful of your confidence and stage presence, be self-aware, be passionate, and be memorable. Stand out! So, uh, Deb and Meredith, this has been such a great conversation. I really uh, wanted to thank you both for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is a great conversation, Meredith. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with the world today about how to become a more confident speaker. And uh, there are a lot of good takeaways from today's discussion. And so thank you so much for sharing that. And Ron, thank you as well. And I think uh, just remember that uh, it's worth the effort. You know, being a confident speaker is something that will set you well in life and in your work. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you learned something new about, you know, becoming a more confident speaker. So please share your comments with us and let us know where you are watching the show from. So Meredith, before we sign off today, how can people find you? Oh, thank you. you? I really want to know. <laughs> well, you can find me on TikTok uh, at Grundi Coaching uh, is my handle. You can find me on Instagram as well, Grundi Coaching. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Meredith Grundi. Uh, and you can find me, I have a website, GrundiCoaching.com. How wonderful. So let me say a few words about some of the upcoming shows. So Thursday, June 16th, our guest will be Nicole Martin, sharing best practices for building for the future amidst the talent emergency. On Thursday, June 30th, our guest will be George Sullivan, sharing his insights and recommendations about climate change, so sustainability, why you and your business should care, and the steps you can take. On Thursday, July 14th, our guest will be Sweden's own Katarina Hansens Carson, sharing her insights on are we truly preparing our children for the future? On Thursday, July 28th, our guest will be Kelly Keller, 
sharing how to protect your content, safeguarding your intellectual property. Folks, I just want to say a few words about the Butterfield Studio. As the app about business is recorded at the Butterfield Studio in Vernon Hill, Illinois, located at 1000 Butterfield Road, Suite 1007, again, in Vernon Hills. It is located just 25 minutes north of Chicago's O'Hare Airport. With 7,500 square feet customizable staging and broadcasting space, the studio, with its full service production and broadcasting team, is sure to service your next conference or game show, product launch, and brand activation. You name it. So ask that about business, their hosts, and Futures Television, thank Butterfield Studio for making this show awesome. We just love you guys. Again, I just wanted to say uh, thank you very much for being here with Deb, Meredith, and me. Remember, if you're watching this show on Futures Television as a podcast or as a recorded event in one of the social media platforms, you too can be a part of the conversation. Watch for the links on this video so we can continue the conversation on our YouTube channel. I hope to see you again on June 16th or another episode of Ask Step About Business with guest Nicole Martin discussing building for the future amidst the talent emergency. Again, thank you so very much, and I'm going to leave you with our institutional message. Thank you. Thank you.